Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. When they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council and all the senate of the people of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. And here's where I want to land today is verse 22 and verse 23. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported, we found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the door. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. I want, I want to uh, quote it also from the New Living Translation, and it reads like this. It says, um, the jail was securely locked with the guards standing outside, but when we opened the gates, no one was there. I want to give you the title to today's message, and it's this, I'm not there anymore. Look at the person next to you, tell them, I'm not there now tell them with the, with the urban vernacular, I ain't there anymore, homie. Now tell them like, nah, you, gotta, you sound like you're still there. Say, I ain't there anymore. <laughs> look, look at them like you mean to tell them, I ain't there anymore. You know that place that you thought that you were going to find me that I was at three years ago? I ain't there anymore. You know that struggle I was, de- I was dealing with three years ago? I ain't there anymore. You know that thing that had me bound a couple of months ago? I ain't there anymore. Is there anybody in this place that can shout, I just ain't there anymore? We could pray now. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We pray that, Lord, your word goes forth. Lord, I pray that you use me as a vessel, God, to speak to your people. Let your anointing flow, God. Lord, help me preach this three-hour message in half an hour. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone shouts amen and amen. Uh, By a round of applause, uh, how many parents do we have in the house? If you're a parent, make some noise if you're a parent. Uh, If you are a parent and you did not clap, you may not be a parent. You may be a child owner. But anyway, that's another story for another day. (laughs) <laughs> You'll get that later. Uh, but I actually enjoy being a parent. Anybody enjoy being a parent? Like, like, I just, I think about this all the time. Anybody remember the first time you had a kid and you had to bring them home? Anybody remember that? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, and it, and it just boggles my mind that we are released this beautiful creature without no expertise. Like, we didn't go through training. We didn't go through a four-year uh, training course or a degree on parenting. We were just given a child. And I don't know about you, but I, I bought a TV, and when I looked in the box, there was a manual. I bought a car. When I looked in the glove compartment, there was a manual. I brought my kid home, and I looked in the baby bag. Que sabes? No manual. No ma- I said, my goodness. So I, I got to be honest. I thank God. When I see my 13-year-old son and my 10-year-old daughter and they look normal and they act normal, I praise God because I didn't have a manual to raise them, but they turned out all right. You, I, come on, you know what I'm talking about. Like you looked at yourself in the mirror one day and you were like, you know what, so I was scared. I turned out okay. Right, right, with all the stuff that I've been through in life, with all the things that I struggled with in life, with the parenting that I got, you know what? I turned out pretty darn good. You know what I'm saying? Anybody turned out pretty, go- pretty darn good? You know what I mean? And, and one of the things I actually enjoy about parenting is, is seeing, seeing the evolution of a child, the development, the growth of a child. You, you know what? My son is, like I said, he's, he's 13 years old, and I truly enjoy seeing. He, he says, Daddy, did you, do you love me more as a kid or now? And I'm like, as a baby or now? And I'm, I'm like, son, it's just like precept upon precept. Like every year I just learn how to love you even more because you are the child that I brought home. But now you're 13. And so now I had 13 years of just loving you and seeing you grow and seeing you develop and seeing you evolve. And, 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 and I love that when you see a child grow. Like, have you 
ever seen a child just when he comes home, like they're useless? You know what I'm talking about? Like they don't even make eye contact. They're so disrespectful. <laughs> no, no, look at me. Look at me. Like you don't even look at me. And, and, and then, and then we, we have these oh my God moments. You know what I mean? We have these oh my God moments when a child begins to do something they couldn't do before. Like, like when they start looking at you, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, look, they're making eye contact. Look, look. And then you start doing silly stuff. Like, look, she's following me. Look, 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 she's moving her head. Oh, what about this? What about when the, when the baby rolls over? You call everybody. Oh my God, the baby rolled over. Oh my, oh my God, it rolled over. Oh, it's like, he rolled over, but that's just like a celebration in a Hispanic home. If you if you roll over, like you're you're Einstein, <laughs> right? Right. Well, what about when the baby when the baby uh the baby starts crying actual tears? Because you know before that they don't even cry tears. They just and then they actually shed a tear. Oh my God, liquid is coming out of its eye. What about when it starts like crawling? And what, what about when it starts, like, saying, like, like words, like, mama, dad, dad. You know what I mean? Like, you just call everybody, oh, my goodness, the baby's talking. Oh, my God, the baby's talking. This is amazing. And you celebrate that, and then the baby starts crawling. The baby starts destroying the house. You safe-proof everything. You know what I mean? Like, you put those plastic, I don't even know those, what those things are called, because I never used them, and they were never used. Like, you know how my, my brother learned how to not touch a wall socket? He stuck his finger in one, and that's it. He never touched it again, I'm just saying. And then they start walking and running, and you lock all the doors. You make sure everything is childproof. You, and you just see this child grow up. And now my son is 13, and he talks to me. Like, he talks to me. Like, this kid that could not talk, now he talks to me. And I, and I see the evolution. And just the other day, I go, I, go, I go like this to Sayla. She's in, like, two rooms away from me. I'm like, Sayla! <laughs> she comes running towards me. She's like, yeah, Dad? I'm like, can you warm up my coffee? And she's like, really, Dad? Like, you, br you, you brought me all the way here so that I can serve you and warm up your coffee? I said, no, 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 no. I've nurtured you for the last 10 years of your life. I poured into you. I pro protected you just so one day I can call you from two rooms away and say, come on, sailor, warm up my coffee. Any parents in the house know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying. Like, that's right. I didn't call you all the way here for that. And my son now, like I said, he's 13 years old, and he's like, yo, dad, 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 yo, yo, dad. Yo, dad, I think I'm growing a mustache. And I'm like, yo, Bishop, you got like two hairs on top of your lips, and you think you're James Harden or something. Like, what's going on? What in the, what in the world? And I just love seeing this evolution of a, of a child. And I remember when Emmanuel, do we, do we have, can I, can I just show some pictures of the evolution of my son? Can I just, do we have that? Look at that. That's my, that's my boy. That's, you know what I mean? Like, that's my boy. You know, that's my boy. I just love him. Look at this. Look, he had no teeth. We loved him without no teeth. Like, that's how much we love him. He's going to school. Look at this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. This is amazing. Like, we went through fixing his teeth, you know what I mean? Is that it? Is that the last picture? All right, don't, don't keep that up. Come on. With this. <laughs> Just to see the evolution of my son. But what I do remember when my son was um, a baby, and how many, I, I was one of those parents that I swore I would never use a pacifier. You know what I mean? Like, I swore I would never use a pacifier until, until, like, I couldn't sleep. Like, you ain't going to mess my sleep up, right? And I remember there was like three days that I just, and I just, you know what? And I saw the, the, the gen generic pacifier, like we didn't even buy one, a generic pacifier that was in the baby bag. And I just say, you know what? Here you go. And that boy slept through the entire night. Anybody grateful for pacifiers? <laughs> All the parents are like, hallelujah, we're about to have church, Holy Ghost Sunday. 
Now, you know, what, you know what's interesting that my, my son used the pacifier for, for maybe about six to eight months. But there actually came a time in my son's life where we understood that what at one time was permissible and may have been a blessing would actually have been a stumbling block, block to his progress and growth. You know what I realized? That, that, that many times in our life, we, we begin to uh, get stuck. And what I mean by get stuck is, is that we're using pacifiers in our life and there comes a time in our life where God has called us to move beyond the pacifier because at one point it was a blessing in our life but it is no longer a blessing in our life and I think many times we want to be celebrated over and over and over to be putting down the pacifier but how many are grateful that my son is 13 years old and he's no longer no longer using a pacifier how about this? How many of you, how many of us are grateful that, that a child uses pampers only to a certain time because there's too many, too many, too many parents now. A, a child used pampers, right? For a certain period in their life. But how many of you know that if, if Emmanuel and Salem were using pampers at 13 and 10 years old, you start questioning, are they growing? See, and I love it because part of growth is using the pamper. Part of growth is evolving away from the pamper. Why? Because you now start. Now, I'm, anybody did the, 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 the potty training? Like, you remember, you remember the potty training when the kid comes out the bathroom by himself? I'm not talking about the actual potty. Actually, potty in the bathroom. He comes out of the bathroom. What everybody do? Everybody walks out the bathroom. Hey, my God, you poop by yourself. Right? Oh my God! You poop by yourself. You don't use pampers anymore. And that's a great celebra celebration because that's an indication of growth. Right? Right? But how many would also agree that if no one, when Pastor Roe comes out of the bathroom, <laughs> where's my round of applause? Why? Why? Because it's expected for growth to take place. And it's expected for a 36-year-old man to know how to use the bathroom. And there's no celebration for that. Because what was once celebrated has now become a pattern and normal. It's expected. It's growth. And I think sometimes as believers, we get stuck. Hear me, hear me. We get stuck wanting to be celebrated over and over and over again for something that should just be part of our normal progression. And so we, it's like, oh, oh, I'm not using pampers anymore. Three years later, I'm not using pampers anymore. Nah, bro, that's, that's normal now. That's part of growth. See, see, the reason that Emmanuel doesn't use pampers and Selah doesn't use pampers and they don't use a pacifier is because they're no longer there yet. They're no longer there anymore. See, three years ago, they were there. Oh, not three years ago, but <laughs> imagine. A couple of years ago, they were, not a couple, how about a decade ago and a half, they were there, but they're not there anymore. And I think that when it comes to our spiritual development and our spiritual growth, many times we get hung up on something that maybe at one point in our stage in our life was a blessing, but God wants far more than just you celebrating that you're using the bathroom by yourself. God wants four more for your life than you celebrating that you're no longer on a pacifier. God wants way more in your life than, him, than you celebrating that you're no longer in pampers. God has way more. Imagine Bishop like, Dad, I'm, I'm, am I pooping on myself? I'm using the bathroom. No, that's expected of you because you have grown and developed. And I just want to let you know that every time that God speaks to you, he's going to speak to you based upon where he believes you are at at the time. And so let me tell you, if God is calling you to serve and God is calling you to forgive, it's because of the potential he sees in you. And what he's saying is, hey, it's time to stop celebrating your pacifier testimony. It's time to stop celebrating uh, maybe your, 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 your bathroom ceremony, uh, uh, testimony. It's, to, it's time for the new thing that I have for you. It's time for the new testimony that I want to instill in you. It's time for the new story that I want to create in you. And I think sometimes we need to just declare to the enemy that we're not there anymore. 
I think we just need to declare to the enemy, guess what? You know what? I'm not there anymore. Here's what Acts chapter 5 says. It says the jail was securely locked with guards standing outside, but we opened the gates and no one was there. The very people that put him in prison were looking for them in the same prison. And there's going to be things in our lives that are going to look for us where they left us. But I don't know about you, but I think that we need to declare to the enemy every time he tries to look for us in the, in the prison of anxiety, I'm not there anymore. He tries to look for us in the prison of unforgiveness, I'm not there anymore. He starts looking for us in the prison of temptation, guess what? You might look for me all you want, but I'm not there anymore. And the enemy can say, hey, listen, I got your number. No devil, you used to have my number. But every time you call that number, it's going to keep ringing and ringing and ringing because I'm not there anymore. I want to give you three things, three prisons that I think as believers we need to get over. Some prisons, when we say, I'm not there, what is the there that we're no longer at? What is that there? And the first prison that we got to consider that we're not there anymore, what's the there? Well, that there is the prison of toxic relief. Write that down. If you're taking notes, first of all, you get kudos in heaven. And secondly, it'll be good for your soul right now. Prison of toxic relief. And, and, and when, you, when you're not there, when you're no longer at the prison of toxic relief, here's what you're saying. You're saying, I'm going to depend on God's voice for peace instead of a vice for relief. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm going to depend on God's voice for peace instead of a vice for relief. And I want to be honest. Here's the question I want to I want to ask each and every one of us, and it's this, where do we go to get relief? Where, where is it that we, we revisit over and over and over again? That place that we go for toxic relief, where is it that we go every single time that keeps us from really getting beyond that place? Where is it that we go for toxic, where is it we go to, that keeps us stunting, that keeps our growth from developing, that keeps us from moving forward? Because many times we come to church, we hear the message, we feel like our life is transformed, but when it comes to our autopilot thinking, we begin to simply just do what we've been taught and we go back to the thing that God is trying to strip away from us. See, I, 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 I would love to talk to you about... Um, I would like to talk to you about some theology, the, the, the idea that, that, that God, hear this, God, Jesus, God in human form, Jesus, God takes up uh, 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 human skin in the person of Jesus Christ and, and Jesus comes and dies for our sin. And can I, can I tell you right now, can I relieve you of something real quick, is that your sin, the punishment of your sin has been poured out. The Bible says that the complete wrath of God, the complete, not, not that he left a little bit to the side, the complete wrath of God was poured on Jesus Christ. Amen. And so guess what, the penalty, hear me, the penalty of your sin is eliminated. The penalty of your sin, the punishment of your sin has been taken upon Jesus Christ. That's called justification, just as if you had not sinned. And there's this thing called glorification. Glorification is Jesus, Jesus Christ coming back to earth, bringing his church to him. And now we are, are eliminated not only from the punishment of sin, we're eliminated from the presence of sin in glorification because there is no sin in heaven. But in the middle, there's this thing called sanctification. It is where we are being delivered from the power of sin. It is where, where we are being delivered from, and Jesus Christ has already given us the power over sin. That means we don't have to live a life of, of sin. So here's the deal. Many times we're like, we're worried about the punishment of sin. But I came to tell you that many times you need to consider not that, that sin, the, the punishment that you'll receive because of sin. But the punishment that sin gives you in the first place. Because you think you're being punished for your sins. I want to tell you, you're being punished by your sins. 
It's like, oh, God, I forgive me because I don't want to be punished for my sins. Your sins are forgiven past, present, and future. But there's a difference between being forgiven and your punishment for sin being eradicated. But you're punished by your sins because your mind has not been renewed. And so many times what we do is that we do this autopilot behavior and we, we begin to go to our vices instead of going to the voice of God. What is, what is, can, I, can, can we have a moment of transparency and just ask God to search our heart? What is that vice? What is the thing that the, by the time we get to get to receive what God has to serve us, we don't want the meal that he's cooking because we have been filled by toxic thinking and toxic Relief. Look what, uh, look what Romans chapter 13 says. It says, I say this because you know that we live in an important time. Yes, it is now time for you to wake up from your sleep. Our salvation is nearer now than we first believed. The night is almost finished. The day is almost here. So we should stop doing whatever belongs to darkness. Did you hear that? We should prepare ourselves to fight evil with the weapons that belong to the light. We should live in, in a right way, like people who belong to the day. We should not have wild parties or be drunk. We should not be involved in sexual sin or any kind of immoral behavior. We should not cause arguments and trouble or be jealous, but be like the Lord Jesus Christ so that when people see what you do, they will see Christ. Don't think about how to satisfy the desires of your sinful nature. Here's what Paul is saying. He's saying, listen, you've been set free, so act like it. That's what he's saying. He's not saying you need to act like it to become free. He's saying God has set you free, so now you need to walk in it. He doesn't say you don't belong to the light. He's saying act like you belong to the light because you belong to the light in the first place. Here's what he's saying. He said it's time to grow up. He's saying, you're not there anymore. You're not in darkness anymore. So you need to stop waging war in the darkness. You need to start equipping yourself with the, with the perfection that God has gave you, with the gift that God has given you, with the power that God has given you. He's saying, he's saying act like you're from the day. He says, act like you belong to the day because you do belong to it. And so many times we... If we had a real conversation, we, we talk about some real things. This is why it's so important that we get in community. Because it's in community that we begin to find freedom. It's in community that we begin to have these conversations and actually deal with the thing that God wants to deal with. And we go, we go, to, we go to stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Like we go to stuff for relief. We go to vices for relief. Some of us, you know, maybe we go to, sometimes we've gone to drugs. Just me and you, Jesus. Just me and you. Some of us, we go to drugs. And, 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 and God wants to set you free from drugs, but he wants you to depend on his voice. Amen. He wants you to depend on his voice. Some of us, sometimes we've gone to alcohol, right? So just, this is where I got peace. This is where I find relief. Oh, I, just, I just need relief. And what happens is that we're substituting what God can do in our lives because we, become, we, we start becoming filled with our vices. We start being filled. So by the time we got to God, we actually don't have an appetite for what God has to serve. So we, we go to alcohol, we go to drugs. Sometimes, sometimes we're, going, we're going to prescribe medicine, and, and this is where we find relief. This is what we depend on. And God is saying, no, I need you to depend on my voice. Some of us, we go, we go gambling, and, we, and we, we have uh, uh, addictive habits of stealing, and, and, and we have behavior addictions, and, and we, we go to food, and we go to sex, and we, and we go to lustful acts, and, oh, I just, I just, I just need to indulge in this. And, and, and God is saying, I, need to, I want to set you free, but if, you only, if you're depending on your vice, to find relief, you need to start depending on my voice to find my, 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 your relief. And we keep going to vices and, and we keep going uh, scrolling and, woo, God, I know you forgive me. 
God, I know you forgive me if I lust. He does. Did you know that? God forgives you if you lust. God forgives you if you do drugs. God forgives you if you have any addiction. God forgives you of every single thing. God, the punishment of that sin has been paid for. But the sin itself punishes you here on earth because your mind has not been renewed. And so we go to these things. And I thank God because this is the power of God. That when I think about what God has done in my life, my addiction was pornography. And it was years upon years that instead of going to God's voice, you know what I would go to? I would lock myself in the room. You know what? Come on. I want to keep, I want to be real. Don't act like y'all. Nobody in the house? That was back in my days. You know, you know what I'm talking about. My, 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 my vice was pornography. But God set me free from pornography. <laughs> I said God set me free from pornography. I ain't there anymore. And I thank God there's people like John that God set him free from drugs. He ain't there anymore. There's people like, 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 uh, like Dyron that God set him free from weed. He ain't there anymore. Maybe a year ago you would have found them in a spot. Maybe two years ago you would have found them in a spot. But I came to say the devil notice I ain't there anymore. You can go back to that computer every single time. Because I ain't there anymore. The second, the second one we need, we, need to, we need to consider is when I say I'm not there anymore, I'm saying I'm not at the prison of toxic reactions. Oof. Everybody got quiet on that one. It's just, it's just we're just going to, you know, we're just going to let the Holy Spirit minister. God wants to do something in your life, and as long as you keep going back to your vices, it'll continue to stop, eliminate, it'll continue to keep his voice from speaking into your life because you're so filled with toxicity. In the same manner, God wants, to, wants you to move beyond toxic reactions. And when, when, when you're not there anymore, when I say I'm not there anymore, that there is the prison of toxic reactions, which means this. I'm allowing God's word to train me to respond instead of allowing things to trigger me to react. I'm allowing God's word to train me to respond. I, I don't know about you, but I need God's word to train me to respond. Because I don't know how to act and I don't know how to react. You know what I mean? Like, I need God's word to train me to respond instead of allowing things to trigger me to react. And everything that happens in my life, I have this preset of responses and reactions to, to, to preconceived uh, uh, behaviors that come my way. I just react. And you, as long as you press that right button, oh, I'm going to react. And, and, I'm, and I'm just going to act right back. And I'm going to unleash the fury. And, and I just think that God is calling us that we need to move past this prison of just toxic reaction. And everything's a reaction. And we don't think and we don't move and we're just just reacting and and God is calling us way more than just to react he's calling us to be initiators of love and we're reacting to this world instead of initiating love into this world and allowing the world to respond to God's word which is love many of you guys know what God has done in my marriage between me and my wife and what you saw was two people simply reacting to one another because she was triggering me and I was triggering her. But guess what? If you see, like, we, we blame people for our triggers, but it's really something within us that God wants to deal with. And we get mad. And I, let me tell you, I remember, I remember just looking at my wife and thinking that she was the problem. I was, ooh, convinced. I was going to ask the husbands, but maybe I reconsidered that. Like, husbands, you know what I'm talking No, forget that. We need, to get to, we need to get past this prison of toxic reactions where we start, let, let them say something to me. Let, let, let them, huh, she better know better. I'm not, I'm not even feeling good today. I'm not even feeling good. And I'm telling you, if someone even looks at me, the, if someone even looks at me the wrong way, 
all hell's going to break loose. I'm going to beat them to Bolivian. And then what I'm going to do is right before, right before they pass out, I'm going to lead them to Jesus so they won't go to hell. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's just, you're, just, you're just snapping. You're just reacting. And God says that, God, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but I gave you a spirit of power. See, reactions is based from fear. Reaction is, it comes from a place of fear. You're either living in the fear zone or you're living in the love zone. And I want to tell you right now, you were created for the love zone. And God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. You know what a sound mind says? That I allow God's word to train me to respond to what's being given to me. Instead of reacting, my knee-jerk reaction without thinking is, yeah, of course, if you look at me, I'm going to cut you off. If you stare at me too long, I'm going to say, what's the problem? And I, like, like, this is something that just recently happened in my life. Because let, let me tell you something. When you taste freedom, when you taste freedom, you don't want just 80% of it. You want all of it. And God did such a miraculous work in my marriage that four years ago, we, we, were, we were done. Four years ago, we were done. But through the grace of God and God dealing with our hearts, we moved past. Let me tell you, you could, you could look for that prison. And that prison is locked, it's shut. But guess who's not in there? Lisa Remedios and Rolando Remedios. We ain't there anymore. And so, and so I tasted that. Let me tell you, I tasted that. I tasted that freedom. And so, and so, and so, and so now, now, here's a triggered response. Anytime someone put the high beams on me when I was driving, And I remember, like, I remember there was one time, like, it just got terrible. Someone, like, someone would put high beams. Like, I don't know about you. Like, you guys know what I'm talking about. They put the high beams on and they flashed them. And, 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 and I don't know about you, but I've realized most of my sins happen in my car. And I remember every single time, I'm telling you, there was a couple of times this guy came and he, and he flashed me. And then he comes past me and he says, he said something. I don't even remember what he said. And I remember chasing him down, pulling next to him, and I looked like a complete, forget about it. I said, what you say? And Lisa and my kids are in the back. And Lisa's like, Ro, you're a pastor. My kids are like, Daddy, what's going on? I promise. I pulled right up to him. I said, what you say? He was like, and then I'm like, Sunday, 11 o'clock, Kuhau, just, I just wanted to invite you. And this was a perpetual reaction of mine. So much so I would put my family in danger because I could not take someone flashing their high beams, not realizing that it wasn't the high beams, it was a, a, a childhood-like trauma that just caused me to react over and over and over again. And I remember I, I told Lisa, I told Lisa, I said, Lisa, I promise I will never do that again. Until it happened again. I told her, I said, I said, baby, I promise I'm never going to put my family in danger again. I'm sorry. I'm never, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never, I promise, baby, I promise. I'm driving in the rain. My, my wife is in the car. And they push. But why, Lord? Why? They put the high beams. And I'm just like, ooh. I'm like playing CeeLo in the street. Like, like and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to slow down. And Lisa's like, what you doing? And I'm saying, nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, look at this look at this guy. Look at this guy. And she's talking to me. I'm not even here. I was like, look at this guy. He's, oh, my God. He's putting me in danger. I can't believe he's putting his high beams on me. And I pull, I pull over, and I lower down the window, and he, I start yelling. And Lisa's like, just go. Don't listen to him. Just go. And it's a van full of people. Lisa's like, just go. And they must have saw the fear of God in her because they left. <laughs> I don't know about you, Christ Uncensored House of Worship. I don't know about you, Christ Uncensored House of Worship. But I don't want to continue living in the prison of toxic reactions. 
I don't know about you, but I don't want to continue living in this emotional cycle where, where I'm acting like a two-year-old and I'm behaving like if I have the, like, a, like I'm throwing tantrums in, in my behavior. I think there has to come a time in our lives where we're not reacting, but we're allowing the word of God to train us how to respond in every single circumstance, in every single situation, in anything that confronts us. I just ain't there anymore, and I refuse to stay there. I don't want to be here two years from now talking about, yeah, you know, they put the high beams and you know, I flipped out on them. Look, 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 what, look what Paul says in Corinthians. He says, when I was a child, my speech, my feelings was like a child. My thinking were all of those of a child. Now that I'm an adult, I have no more use He says, I have no more use. I have no more use. I have no more use for childish ways. Like, like you don't understand that the very thing you're depending on for strength, God is trying to strip from you. you many of you guys know I practice Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and one of the things that I, one of the things that I, my, my sensei told me, he said, he said, he said, listen, why you keep relying on the thing that you walked in here with? He says, all you know how to do is your, use your strength, Rolando. And I said, yeah, because I'm strong. He goes, no, but as long as you depend on your strength, you're never going to learn the technique. And that might work for you for some time. But if you're ever going to compete at the elite level, you have to learn how to undo relying on your strength and start developing the technique so that you can begin to function on an elite level. And many of us are depending on the thing that we're good at because we've been good at cutting people off for a very long time. But God is saying, no, there's a new thing I want to do in your life. There's some new people I want to introduce to you in your life. But I can't introduce you to them because you're still cutting people off. You're still, you're still reacting. You're still being triggered. And God is saying, when do we move past the triggers and start being trained by his word? Peter says, dear friends, I warn you, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, I warn you, dear friends, as temporary residents and foreigners, did you hear that? You're in this world but not of it? Don't conform yourself to the patterns of this world, but, but, but be transformed by the renewing of the, your mind so that you will know what God's perfect and pleasing will is, Romans chapter 12. Here he says, temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires. You know that word, worldly desires, many times we think it's actions, but it's actually a system of thought. He says, he says I want you to keep away from a system of thought, a, a worldly mentality that wage war against your very souls. You think it's doing good by acting the way you're acting and reacting the way we're reacting. We think it good. I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel good sometimes when I do things that I'm not supposed to do. You know what I mean? Well, he didn't get the best of me. You know what I don't like feeling? I don't like, I, I'm, I'm, true confessions, I don't like feel, being humbled. I like acting like I'm humble. I like that. Praise God. All glory to God. Amen. You know what I don't like feeling? I don't like feeling being humbled. Because it's unfamiliar for me. You know why? Because my go-to emotion is pride. And many of us have this go-to emotion that we, that we pull on for a sense of security. And God is saying that's what keeps you, keeps you reacting the way you're reacting. You know why you're reacting, Ro, the way you're reacting? is because you're still holding on to the emotion of pride and the mentality of pride. That's waging war against your very soul. And it's waging war against the very thing I'm trying to do. And you're trying to hold on to something I'm trying to strip away from you. So here's what, here's, I don't know if you know this, but can I, can I be honest? Can I, I know this, I know this is going to be revelation for some of you guys. I know this, I know, I know. But guess what? Can I be honest? Hello? 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 You're going to be offended. God bless you, prayer counselors, worship leaders. <laughs> I've made a decision.
decision that I'm not going to react to people. I'm not just going to have an, even when my response is a good one, I'm going to think about it. And so I'm going to make sure that I'm not reacting to people. And so I'm, I'm making sure that this is what I made. I made, I made a decision that I was not, I, I was choosing 2019. I'm choosing not to be offended. What does that mean? That means, whoo, that doesn't mean that you're going to get emotional. Nope. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be emotionless. See, because many times what we think is, uh, well, I'm not going to react. That means, oh, uh, I'm going to be I'm, not, I'm, not gonna, I'm just not going to have my emotion. I'm just not going to be emotional. God didn't call you to be emotionless. But God didn't call you to be emotional. But he called your emotions to grow up. And so what I've decided is like, hey, I'm going to I'm I'm choose not to be offended. Because you're going to be offended. There's someone that's going to say something that you didn't want them to say. There's someone's going to do something that you didn't want them to do. There's someone that's not going to do something that you expected them to do. There's someone that's not going to say something that you expected them to say. Here's the news flash. You're going to be offended. You're going to be offended. Yup, there's going to be a time, believe it or not, that you're going to walk past me. I'm not going to say hi. I'm sorry. You're going to be offended. I'm going to disappoint many of you guys. Not in my looks because you know I got that clear. But anyway, (laughs) me, that was not that funny. But I don't know about you, but I want to be able to say, guess what? Last year, I would have reacted to that. Last year, I would have been offended to that. Last year, oh, that would have, that would have thrown me off for three days. But I let, I, I, I'm, I'm here and I'm proud to say, guess what? I'm not there anymore. I'm not offended by easy things. I'm not, I'm not unforgiving about certain circumstances. And here's what you can do. Is any, if there's anybody that has offended you, here's three words you can say. I forgive you. I forgive you. And so if you've ever offended me, if you have ever hurt me, I want to let you know that I forgive you. I forgive you. And you can use that every single time to set yourself free from the prison of reaction because there are certain people that they just get the best of you and they get the best of you because they have your number. But if you change your number, I forgive you. I forgive my father for abusing us. I forgive our father for for betraying us. I forgive our father for not raising us up. I forgive our father. Guess what? And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says be prepared to forgive even before you get offended. In other words, I'm already preconditioned and prepared to forgive people that offend me. That's what my father told me this year that he said, he said, oh, that's not my granddaughter. That's what he said to me. I showed him a picture of my daughter and he said, that's not my granddaughter. I don't even know her. You know what? Everything wanted to rise up inside and do, react, tear him a new one, talk to him about everything that he's done in my life wrong, but I chose to forgive, not for him, but for me, because I ain't there yet, I ain't there anymore, I'm just not there, worship team, if the worship team could come up real quick, and we're done, the last, the last thing I want to tell you is we have to be set free. When we say I ain't there anymore, that there is the prison of toxic relationship. The prison of toxic relationship. When I say I'm not there anymore, I'm not in the prison of toxic relief. I'm not, I'm not in the prison of, of toxic reaction. And I'm not in the prison of toxic relationship. Now, now I, I want to tell you, I want to make sure you're hearing what I'm saying and you're not he- and that they're hearing what I'm not saying, Okay. Because, you know, many of you have been waiting to hear this message. That's right. I'm ready. I'm ready to go on a deleting campaign. No, that's not what I'm saying. Like, oh, Pastor Roy, I've been waiting you to preach this sermon that people are the enemy. No, I will never preach a sermon that people are the enemy. Ever. So here's what I'm not saying. I am not saying that people are the enemy. I want to make sure you hear that. But it is important for us to understand There are some toxic relationships in our life that God is calling us to move past. There are some relationships that you know what I'm talking about. That every time you take two steps forward, one phone call from that relationship gives you three steps back. And you're constantly in this perpetual cycle of I'm taking one step forward, but I get this phone call. And I I don't want to disappoint nobody. So, you know what I mean? And now you're two steps back. 
And, and I don't know about you, but, but I've been in that place where every time I made a decision that I was, this time I was going to be like 100% sold out for Jesus. You, you've been there? Like, oh, I'm sold out for Jesus. I'm ready, God. I'm, I'm so ready, I'm going to get baptized three times. like, I've been baptized three times. What's the problem with that? <laughs> we got to get past this prison of toxic relationships. Can I, can I be honest? There's some people that are not going to understand what God is doing in your life. Oh, man, that's so hard. That's so rough. There's some people that God has called you to mentor. There's some people that God has called you to pour into. Yeah. Jesus was around sinners all the time. But Jesus was around sinner. He didn't become a sinner because of him. So there's some relationships, man, that we hold on to because there's been people that have been in our lives for so long and they played a major role in our life. But if we were honest with ourselves, it kind of feels like we no longer have anything in common because I'm growing and you're still on a pacifier. And, and you want to you go to the pacifier club. the pacifier substance you want to live on the pacifier life it's just like hey I, 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 yo, I love you man but I'm not there yet I'm not there anymore ah oh, but you don't know come on come on man stop acting up you come on you just being a religion come on you just religion Yo, ever since, ever since Bianca started going to church, you know, now she's holy thou art. Ever since John started being a prayer counselor, oh, that's it. Ooh. I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm just not there anymore. I used to be there. I remember what it was to be in that prison. And I know you don't see it because many times the view from inside the prison is not the view from outside the prison. But I'm just not there. I'm not there where I'm in these patterns of toxic relationships. And I keep making the same poor decisions to be around people that keep, 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 keep pulling me back. And when you are set free from the prison of toxic relationships, here's what you're saying. You're saying this. Write this down in your notes. I'm directed by God's presence to lead me forward instead of people who will pull me back. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of people pulling me back. There's some toxic relationships that God has set me free from. Sometimes I keep going back to them and God is saying, you're still there? Because the testimony I want to give you is that I ain't there anymore. As a matter of fact, look, look, this happened to Jesus too. Because if you look at Luke chapter 24, look what it says. It says, the women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Ha, ha, here's Easter, early Easter right here. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who's alive? What is he saying? He said, if you would have checked three days ago, I would have been dead, but I'm not there anymore. So I don't know about you. This is what he's saying. He says, why are you looking for victory amongst the defeated? Why is it that you're looking for wholeness among, amongst the brokenness? Why is it that you're looking for healing in a toxic environment? Why is it that you're looking for freedom amongst bondage? I'm not there anymore. Maybe if you would have checked on me last year, I would have been in that prison. But I'm not there anymore. Where we ought to live is in the love and the peace of Jesus. And I'm going to ask, here's what I, I believe that God came to set people free here today. And I want the prayer counselors to begin to come forward because we don't do an altar call every Sunday. But from the beginning of this week, God has been telling me, there's, there's liberty. 
There's liberty that's going to be unlocked. And here's what I'm telling you. If you have gone to a substance for relief, if you've been going to porn for relief, if you've been going to drugs for relief, if you have these toxic reactions over and over and over and over again, if you keep going back to toxic relationships, there's liberation power here today. So I just want to, I want to, I want to make this call. And I dare say this is not like any other call. This, this is going to set you free. I believe that from this day forward, I don't know what you came in mind today for, but I believe that God's going to set you free today. So if that's you, I want to make this call. But this is what Jesus says in Matthew. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. You've been carrying that prison. And I will give you rest. Watch this. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. And I will give you his light. This is the call. You can find rest from your addictions. You can find rest from your reactions. You can find rest from your toxic relationship. Here's what he says. Let me become your source of addiction. He says, let me train you to how to respond. And let me become the lover of your soul. So you don't have to keep going back to these toxic relationships. And so I want to make this call to you today. That if you're in this place and you want to be set free. I'm talking to the people who want to be set free. If you're having fun in your prison, I wait for the day that God will set you free. I do, because man, it's so much better on this side of the bars. If that's you today. Trisha, can you help me? Right here. Steph, right here. Steph, right here. If that's you today. At the count of three, I want you to run to this altar right now. One, Jesus loves you. Two, he's going to set you free. If that's you in this place, three, come on. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.